Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. And what is up, Gamecock Nation? West Mitchell here, Chris Clark, GC Live, coming at you at 4.10 p.m. on a Friday. You know there's a lot going on. You know there's stuff to talk about. Um, I, I really wanted to maybe knock out three or four shows this week. We'll have to stick with two. Um, but worth talking about with what's going on with South Carolina right now, both on the recruiting trail, Chris, and, of course, on the field. Some actual practice. There was a football involved. There were people watching. There weren't pads yet. There will be very, very soon. So I was about to say there were some pads. There were no pads. But uh, we're excited, and uh, we had to hop on here and talk a bit with you about what's going on in Gamecock Nation. Big commitment today, and of course, day one of preseason football practice. But before we get to that, I'm going to tell you about our buddy Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, clinthammond.com. If you need somebody to help you navigate, I think that's really the best word for it. you got to navigate... Just a tricky situation. Interest rates um, all over the place. Mortgage rates all over the place. You want somebody who's been there, done that. Clint is your guy. Clint's getting a little old. He's been he's been around the block. But that's because he knows what he's doing. Very experienced. ClintHammond.com. If you're in the market for a new home, just give Clint a shout. Tell him, tell him GC sent you, and he's going to take care of you. I promise. So there's all the other information. NMLS 71597, and the email address chammond at mortgagenetwork.com. Chris, where do we start? I I guess we got to start with the best nickname in the game, Big Tree. Big Tree. Big Tree in the house. Um, Committing to South Carolina. Uh, Chris, you're a better enunciator and pronunciator than I am. Oh, thank you. So – for the people out there, let's let's get this out of the way. Give the accurate pronunciation of Big Tree's name. Oluwatosin Babalade. Oluwatosin Babalade. Perfect, Chris. So, so anybody asked, um, man, I, I want to get, I want to dive into this O line class as a whole. I think that's a cool conversation to have. That may. That may even be a story we dive into at some point in the next week. You know, how, where does this one compare to some previous South Carolina offensive line classes? Just on paper. But before we dive into all that, the commitment itself. Um, Babalade committing to South Carolina today. Um, he was the uh, the welcome home 
from last Saturday to South Carolina. Making sure I get that right. Last Saturday. But talk about another just massive get for the Gamecocks. And something else we're going to talk about in a second. As high as the industry as a whole is on the you know the recruiting industry, on three, even higher on him. And this is a kid, Chris, he's kind of had to earn his way. He's earned his ranking. Like, started out, you know, it's a big kid. Let's check him out. He's like a mid-three-star guy a lot of places. Steadily climbing, steadily climbing. By the end of this thing, man, this guy may be a top 100 recruit in the country. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly impressive and adds to, you know, and on paper, I think you can go a little farther than that. I mean, to to use my phrase I overuse a lot to like about the class, you know, not just looking at a ranking, but like looking at the physical traits of these guys and their offer list. I mean, Bob Alade is obviously somebody who was coveted by in-state Maryland. They made a big push at the end, but, you know, had offers from Ohio State and a bunch of other programs. You look at, you know, Trevon Ball, who's from Atlanta, was an early commitment for the Gamecocks, a four-star guy. Jatavia Shivers just jumped on board. They they have several guys in this class. You know, I think this is their third, right, four-star offensive lineman. And so pushes the blue-chip ratio of the class up over 50%, pushes the blue-chip ratio of the offensive line class as a whole, you know, up over 50%. Um, but if you've ever seen Big Tree in person, he is – a physically impressive guy. I mean, he's got just from a size standpoint, he has a true kind of offensive tackle look, a body where you could see him slotting really at a guard position or a tackle position. But I think when you look at him physically and how he can move around, he's someone that you could see being an offensive tackle at the SEC level. So um, this one's been interesting to follow. And and I think it's kind of taken on a life of its own because he has that nickname, the staff. It was always funny and interesting to watch just how on social media uh, they and Dante Reno and Pup Howard, you know, come up obviously with some very creative things, you know, to be able to kind of appeal to him and and to recruit him. So the staff's been on him a while. I think you pointed out the other day, Wes, on our, on our show on 107.5 that, um, you know, really back in the spring, South Carolina really kind of grabbed the traction here and they were able to to carry it through and hold off a big push from Maryland. Yeah, man, I think a a team effort here, like all the way around to get him, you know, obviously Shane Beamer highly involved. Uh, like, I mean, I would say with all their targets, all their major targets, certainly as far as high school, or as far as head coaches, I should say, go like he he's involved. Um, but in this case, I mean, you had obviously, um, you know, Greg Atkins highly involved as the offensive line coach. Um, you know, I'm guessing that's uh, Pete Limbo's area, I think. So initial uh, push comes from there. Then um, just the class as a whole, you know, Pup Howard, Dante Reno, uh, you know, the, the get tree to the sea um, hashtag. You know, the, I mean, they really made a concerted effort to make this kid feel the love. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, ultimately, a, a player is going to decide where he wants to go based on, as we talk about all the time, a number of factors. Like, people making a hashtag and tweeting at him and all this stuff isn't going to make up your decision for you if you're a big-time prospect. But, 
you know, this kid has talked about how much he has felt the love at South Carolina, felt the love from other prospects. And, you know, I, I think I think it just was a good fit for him. You, you go back even, um, you know, after that spring game visit, at some point he did um, he did an interview with Kendall, um, you know, and, and he he made this comment that just kind of stood out and Kendall tweeted about it. And he was just like, you know, I, I think that might be the one um, that, you know, that that I remember hearing that at the time and thinking. Like that catches my eye, you know, like that that catches my attention. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think we're seeing that with these guys, the guys that are committing to South Carolina right now just have a sort of, I don't want to say it's a more, it's not a more wholesome, that's not the word. It's more of like a holistic, like an overall approach to they're not, they're not picking South Carolina just because they want to win 10 games a year. Clearly they want to win, but I think these guys are also buying into the, you know, you can develop as a player on the field, you can develop as a person off the field, you can create a brotherhood. Not that every, you know, every program has a certain amount of brotherhood. Don't get me wrong, but just the the Beamer vision, we're actually starting to see it realized. Whereas, you know, a year ago, your first year coach, that's that's probably difficult to to recruit without there also being some product on the field as well. Well, and I think you make a great point. I think you're obviously with, with where Shane Beamer is with where he wants to take this program, kind of the, the stages of evolution for him, for Gamecock fans, for this team, you hope that eventually that leads to, you know, something much Duke's Mayo bill was fun for everybody, but Shane Beamer even said it himself in his press conference yesterday, not going around slapping each other on the back and saying we've arrived because we went seven and six, right? They want to go farther than that. But in this stage of evolution from a recruiting standpoint, I think some of the things that you're seeing are very positive. Um, and, and I don't mean just some of the guys they're getting, but kind of who they're getting, what the prospects are saying, some of the buzz that's been created. Giving a, a better example and spell it out, like when guys are saying things like it's different there or you just get a different vibe there. That's the kind of thing that you want to hear for a program like this because it doesn't have the trophy case. It's not Georgia. It's, it, South Carolina has not done what its rival Clemson has done over the past several years, obviously. So eventually where you want to be is a place that has an amazing culture and some trophies. Then you become really hard to recruit against. For now, they're in that stage of, hey, come be the first to do this and check out our culture, and check out how real things are. And they are starting to get some of the right kind of guys who also are very talented, because that's important too. You can have a great culture. If you can't play, you're not still not going to win a bunch of games, right? Um, but I, I do think we have noticed that, Wes, that you're starting to see more and more comments about just some of these differentiators and how prospects and some of the big-time prospects like are taking note of what Shane Beamer's doing from a culture standpoint. Most definitely, man. You talked about um, one of his quotes. I, I wanted to kind of go through Chad Simmons already. Um, fantastic job by him talking to Big Tree and taking one thing off our plate. Um, let's see, quote, a couple of really good just 
I thought Tree did a good job of like actually giving some insight onto how the process played out for him. Didn't really give like those blanket quotes that you sometimes get. Uh, he said it was a tough decision, and this is more about holding off initially. Remember, obviously he was going to commit and then waited uh, and now commits to South Carolina on Friday. Quote, it was a tough decision. I wanted to make sure, so I wanted to just take – I just wanted to take more time. Maryland is a great school. And it's close to home. I just want I want to get away, play in the SEC, and play at South Carolina. It was like me staying home versus me leaving and getting away. I want to get away, see something new, and I also love the coaching staff. My feeling at South Carolina was different. That's the quote Chris was referencing. I just enjoy being around the people there. Um, he also goes on to say, on that first visit, it really opened my eyes. So then you're going back referencing that spring game visit we were talking about where it really seemed like, it felt like at the time South Carolina took a big step forward. Um, he pretty much confirms that here. He says, after that visit, I started talking to Coach Beamer and Coach Craig Atkins a lot. We built a strong connection, and that really meant a lot to me. Um, some schools were on and off recruiting me, but South Carolina was very consistent. Makes you wonder which schools that might be uh, that he was referencing. But obviously, South Carolina, one thing I think we can say as a 100% fact, Chris, from the second they, like, went in on him, like, this was a guy for them. Like, this yeah. is a guy that they really – like, I, I really feel like, man, if if they could pick, like, five guys in their class, I mean, they've been recruiting Marky Anderson forever. They get him in the class. Um, Trevon Ball, you know, they found him, fell in love with him. He commits to the class early. Uh, you know, some of the other guys, uh, Jatavia Shivers was a little bit further down the line as far as when they offered him. But, I mean, Babalade was someone that they identified, prioritized, and they stuck with him, um, you know, as opposed to him being someone that they were hot and cold with, which apparently um, he was turned off by some other schools uh, being hot and cold with him. Quote continues, it is just a different feeling for me down in South Carolina. Columbia is calm, chill, and relaxing to me. It is different than the DMV where I live. I love the people up here, and Maryland is a great school with great coaches, but I'm excited about being somewhere different. I want to try a new path, be in that great environment in South Carolina, and compete in the SEC, the best league in college football. So there's your insight from Babalade himself on why he picked South Carolina. Um, Chris, I think it's interesting how prospects from – rural towns in the state of South Carolina um, perceive Columbia. Big city, you know, it's a lot to do. There's stuff to do. And then how maybe somebody from, from somewhere like the DMV um, perceives coming down here to Columbia, South Carolina. It is a good point. You know, uh, D.C., Phil, I mean, you know, Keenan Nelson in the last class from Philly, um, you know, guy, guys from up there, you know, Baltimore area, it, it is going to be a little bit more relaxed and laid back, you know, in, in some cases. Depends on where you are up there, what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. But that that is interesting, you know, because you get some, like you said, rural South Carolina guys, they may prefer – a more rural vibe or they might want more to do. And, and so, you know, then you Columbia is more appealing to you. So it is an interesting point. Other thing, I mean, look, I think you made the point earlier, Anderson, 
Babalade, Trevon Ball, three, four star guys. And I saw you threw it out on Twitter, you know, best O-line class since. Now, I don't know if you're going for like a ranking on paper or kind of, we have the benefit of hindsight now, right? But what do you, what do you think, by the way? Did you look it up? Did you think about it any? Because I did. Oh, you got you got the I have the facts. A, you got the facts. I yeah, did, I, I think I do. I I did that. Um, first of all, just start the conversation because this class on paper is in the conversation. Period. Um, I mean, dude, look at Jada, JUCO kid, um, Isaiah Jada. He's a four star on on three, according right. to our analysts. So. You know, he's a mid-three, I think, when you look at the consensus, which kind of averages everything together, which I actually think is – one of the things I like about on three is that on the profiles you can compare. the. It used to be – well, if you're on Rivals, you pretended that the other sites didn't exist. If you were on 24-7, you pretended the other sites didn't exist. On three is a little different approach. It's let's, let's provide all the data that somebody might want about how the recruiting industry as a whole sees these prospects. The interesting thing about this class, Chris, is that for almost all of them, on three as a company is higher than the industry as a whole to the, to the extent that there's so much difference in Babalades that he is um, considered an on three outlier where there's that much difference. And with Trevon Ball, he was a four-star on on three initially was a three-star on the consensus. Now he's a four-star on the consensus because the rest of the industry has kind of caught up to that thinking. Babalade at one point was a three-star according to the industry. Now he's a four-star. Marquis Anderson's kind of been the guy that's been a four-star throughout. So um, I think some of these guys are going to keep moving up and that will affect at least where it is on paper. But I got to think, man, and you're way better at pulling the class. Uh, like you just pull it. Oh yeah, it's class of 2017, class of 2007. And I'm like, how do you pull that? You're better at pulling that than me. But it's got to be the one that popped in my head as being comparable is one of, I think it was an Eric Wolford class, but that got continued by Sean Elliott. It was it was in that little stretch where Wolf was here for a year and they signed a class that at some point, I think five of the six started or four of the fives. And um, I think that was Cody Gibson's class. Yep. Is that on? Um, you're, you're on it. Here's the thing though. So now we can say that because of the benefit of hindsight, how those guys turned out. Oh, okay. But they paper. Were. Right, so like it depends on how you look at it. What class um, was that? That was 2010, and and you're right. That was so AJ Can was like your blue chip guy from that class. You know, highly recruited guy, four star guy. Um, I think he was a top. I don't know. Let, let's play it safe. He was a top 250 player, top 200 player. But and you had some other really good players. So two under the radar guys that ended up being starters and NFL players: Corey Robinson. Mm-hmm. and Ronald Patrick, right? Then you had Cody Gibson, who was a three-star guy, ended up playing tight end, but played an important role. Patrick and Robinson were three-star guys. Um, and then the other ones were uh, Tramel Williams, who ended up transferring. Um, and then you had Devon Millsap, never made it to campus. So, you know, he was 
if you go back and look at the commitment list, like he's on there, but he didn't make it to campus. But, you know, out of those guys, I think the only one that was a four-star is A.J. Can. It's a really good class. I mean, if you sign an O-line class and three of them play in the NFL, pretty good class, right? Um, you can't do a whole, whole lot better than that. I mean, you, you can. <laughs> you know, you could have three NFL All-Pros or five NFL guys who go on to start at your college and start in the NFL, but that's a pretty good hit rate. Like, if you did that year after year, you're, you're doing well. Um, the one West that on paper, and it did not turn out this way, but on paper, like from a ranking standpoint, and I haven't gone through all of them. I went through the ones that I could remember that might fit. The 2006 class actually had several four-star type guys. Garrett Anderson from Dutch Fork was one. You had Kevin Young. You had Seaver Brown, both those guys from Florida. It's safe to say, you know, that their careers didn't match up to, you know, that ultimate ranking. I still remember when Carolina signed those guys. You had Heath Batchelor, who was a three-star guy. Um, Terrence Campbell was in that class and ended up playing D-line and O-line. He was not a highly rated guy, but he was very solid. And then Hutch Eckerson, you know, was a was another guy who I think I think only one there's only one service ranking on Rivals for him, and he was a four star on there. Um, so they had several like four-star types, depending on where you're pulling the data from in that class did not turn out that way. Right. So, you know, maybe nowadays we have more film, more data, more camps, you know, so maybe the rankings of these guys, you look at the tools, the guys in the 2023 class. And I think there's probably a lot for Gamecock fans to, you know, be excited about. Yeah, no doubt, man. Um, what what do you think of? I don't know how much of his film you've actually watched, but I guess we haven't talked about him as a player specifically. Um, might try to pull some of that up here in a second. What type of player do you think the Gamecocks are getting? I, I thought that um, I'm going to try to pull up um, our own three evaluation. I thought there were some pretty interesting notes just about uh, you know what he's capable of and and his strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, I mean this guy. Again, I go back to tackle type, you know, tackle type body. You know, he's kind of is almost prototypical, I think you could say, where, you know, he's six foot five, what, six five, six six, basically a 300 pounder. And so when you see him physically right now, this isn't a guy where you're going, okay, he's six five or six six, and he needs to put on 30 pounds. Now, those end up <laughs> sometimes, there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes those end up being some of the best players. Uh, but from a physical standpoint, he's already pretty advanced to where you can get him into your program and he's going to look the part. You know, kind of like we were talking about Monarchy Rames, where like if you're walking around, you know, the facility and he's there, if someone was like, that's a junior South Carolina football player, you're like, I buy that. Same thing with Big Tree. You know, he's, again, 6'5", 300. And he already looks like he's a college football player. Like you could definitely buy it. But he plays tackle for his high school team. Again, I could see him staying there. Um, size, he can move his feet, he can bend. Um, and at that level, you know, he can be pretty overpowering, whether it's in pass protection or the run game. Definitely, man. So I'll, I'll be curious to see again, does he 
to keep moving up the rankings. Um, I, I think there's a chance of that. Certainly, uh, you know, that that maybe some of the other rankings uh, kind of just catch up as far as that goes, for lack of a better word. I uh, Here, let me give you all the kind of breakdown. I thought I like this industry comparison. So four-star on – oh, this is kind of interesting. Four-star by own three, four-star by ESPN, four-star by Rivals, three-star by 24-7. So 24-7 is kind of the outlier at this point. But even then, um, own three has him 167 nationally. So, uh, you know, you're talking about a guy that's well within the top 200 prospects in the country, according to own threes analysts. Um and I'm sorry about the spam in the chat, y'all. I don't. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Some people were made to follow the instructions. We were made to make our own. To always measure twice and never cut corners. Unless, of course, we've got a compound miter saw. Northern Tool and Equipment is a problem solver's paradise. There's nothing we can't find, fix, or figure out together. We're made for this. Start solving your projects today at northerntool.com. I'm trying to delete it, but I can't even get it to delete, so um, that's a problem. But anyway, there you go. Good job, Chris. Thank you, sir. Let's talk about football practice, dude. Let's Um, do it. Day one, a warm but beautiful day out there. Um, Not many clouds in the sky. And I'll I'll start, man. The the thing that stood out a little bit to me, just like first thing, like, hey, first things first, what was the first thing you noticed? I remember, you remember at the end of the spring, and it was just like, there's like dozens of guys standing on the sideline at one of those last practices. <laughs> and then, you know, there'd be other guys like Dylan Wanham. He'd be dressed and he'd be able to practice for the first part. But then when they went into 11 on 11s, they'd hold him out. And, uh, you know, you had nine contact jerseys. But, and I, I realize it's day one. But even in the past, man, I've, like we've been out there and they're, Hey, this guy's out to start. This guy's out to start. This guy's out to start. Um, Beamer said Kai Kroger was going to be kind of the only guy they knew was going to be out day one, but even still just to visually see it, Garnet and white jerseys everywhere. (laughs) And then of course the QB jerseys green, but not a bunch of guys off doing injury rehab, not a bunch of guys in non-contact jerseys, that's got to be a good feeling for the coaching staff to look out there and see their players be available. Yeah, certainly you, you didn't have any long-term injuries that like carried over from spring. They of course had some guys that you know were still limited or out during the spring and to get those guys back is certainly big. There are some spots on this team that don't have ideal depth and so being healthy entering preseason and then ultimately staying healthy which you know, the preseason will tell the story there and throughout the season. But having that full slate for this team is huge, you know, just to have the availability of starters, key reserves, some young guys, you know, that that need to get in there and get some reps and continue to develop who could play a role, you know, even on this 2022 team. 
uh, certainly significant. So uh, it was good to see everybody, you know, out there, out there healthy. And the hope for this team has to be that that remains the case throughout the preseason. Definitely, man. And th- you know, there will be injuries. That's football. It's um, it's going to happen. But you really hope, um, you know, as a team that you can avoid the big one. That, that's always the thing. You're going to, you know, fans get upset. Well, this guy's banged up. This guy's banged up. This guy's banged up. It happens. It's a part of it. But you, uh, the big thing is avoid the big one and um, and go from there. Let's see. Um, Aaron asked, is Sanders doing anything with the team as far as, like, helping coach or something like that? Beamer was asked about this, Chris. I was typing on something else when he gave his complete answer. Um, I know Sandage was out there today. I saw him. He's hanging around the guys. Um, I believe Beamer said that they were sort of talking about various options. Is that right, Chris, for what Sandage may do? Um, yeah. He wasn't, like, in there coaching <laughs> Right, today he, from what I saw, he hasn't taken the the Jalen Dickerson type role yet. So Coach Dickerson now out there today, and of course, when Jalen stepped away from the game, uh, unfortunately, had to also give up football due to injuries. You know, he kind of transitioned pretty quickly into that role. So Sandage not there today, but he was out there, as you said, kind of hanging around the guys, watching drills uh, and, and things like that. But right now, nothing set on that front with what he may do. Yeah, man. So um, good, good to see him out there, though. I'm sure to be around the guys, um, obviously uh, good for him, and hate it, hate it for him on the physical side that he's not able to keep playing. But um, great that he's still allowed to be around the program. He's going to have an opportunity to be around the program. Um, so, all right, observations. What you got, Chris? What um, give us? Give us one thing we don't know. Tell us something we don't know. It can be about offense, defense a coach, special teams. Tell us something you saw. Well, people might be a a little bit bored by this, but they shouldn't. Um, And it kind of – it was kind of me taking a peek at something that I I learned yesterday. Um, In thinking about the edge position, you know, Jordan Birch, who looks tremendous physically, um, and Jordan Strong, those are your presumed starters at edge. Two Jordan Zink. The two – that's right. But it, one thing we've been talking about since back in the spring, Wes, one of our storylines that we go over and over because it's an important one is, A, those two guys have to take a step forward. B, who do you have behind them? You don't go through the season with two edge guys. You know, you, you got to sub in and out. And then not only for the short term, but for the long term, who are you developing behind those guys? Because Birch is a junior, Strong's in his final season. So there are a few kind of candidates on the roster, but one – that I've heard some good things about is Gilbert Edmond. You know, he was a, a late add to one of Carolina's recent recruiting classes um, out of Florida, was really productive as a high school player there, former wideout, and, you know, moved to edge, I think, his junior or senior season of high school and had a, had a really big final year, and that led to uptick in recruiting interest. You know, He's a guy that you've seen some flashes from, like back in the spring. You see the bend, the athleticism. He's always been a long guy, but now he's up over 250 pounds. Um, looks, he's certainly put on some weight. And my understanding is, you know, he had a good summer too. So he's someone to watch for. You know, he, Terrell Dawkins, who has some positional flexibility there on the defensive line, that those two players are going to be really key. And it looks like Edmund has taken a step forward to where he's probably a name that. Gamecock fans need to know. 
Yeah, and uh, like you said, man, he he does look good physically. There there's several guys on this team that you know I would say just the most of the people on GC Live or on Gamecock Central subscribers, you know, on our forums, you know, they're well aware of a lot of these guys. Probably the whole roster, a lot of them, because they're your like hardcore fans. But there's some guys on this team that really look the part that aren't the names that everybody always talks about, you know, as far as the program goes. We were talking about this um, on 107.5 today, man. I'm never not impressed with Xavier Leggett just from a physical standpoint. And he looks even better physically than he did last year, I think. Um, I mean, this guy's like 220 pounds and can still move. Like, I, I think as far as, you know, we were talking about this and you made the point, I'll steal your thunder, but you can talk about it. I mean, you were talking about just his speed compared to the receiver room. Yeah. But size-speed combination, I mean, Jordan Birch actually probably has the best size-speed combination on the team. Like, just that pure – that metric, right? Like, that one thing. Jordan Birch probably wins that battle. Sure. But – Leggett is probably up there, man. Like, this dude is as big. He's athletic. He's strong. Um, if the light bulb has, like, if it's clicked, if it's come on, then um, I, th- I think fans need to just not forget about him. Yeah, and, and he's I, – I think there's a tendency to do that on a lot of different things, not just football players. And, um, you know, we went through this with, with Josh Van of, hey – when a guy has a baseline of talent, it's like you almost should almost never give up on a player. Like it could be someone in his fifth year that maybe hasn't done anything at all, which Xavier Leggett wouldn't apply to that. But when you have that talent baseline, you can make something happen, you know? And so we heard really good things in the spring. This has always been a kid. I mean, we were talking about it on, on the show earlier today on 107.5. Like, even when he was a freshman, we knew he was this raw athlete that was a high school quarterback that was learning to play receiver. But even on special teams, you know, he was catching people's eyes because you go, okay, here's this big athletic kid who can really, really run. That's a pretty good starting point for a receiver. You know, even if you – that's not all of it because you've got route running and catching and blocking and the feel for the game and the scheme. Those are the things that he's had to learn. So he's had a learning curve. He had the accident that kind of held him back from an injury standpoint, but all indications are that this is a guy that you, know, you need to know. And and in fact, Wes, Terry Ford asked me, I just did a, a hit with him on 107.5 via phone. And, and he kind of asked me, I mean, who are the guys that are still on the roster, you know, that people aren't talking about, maybe they should. And you go, well, with Juice Wells and Rucker coming in and Stogner, it's like, don't forget about Josh Van. Don't forget about Xavier Leggett. And they were the first two guys out there, I believe, at receiver, at least in one of the formations that we saw. Yeah, they were, man. So um, that's going to be such a fascinating conversation, such a fascinating battle to watch. Who are the first receivers out there? Who are the second receivers out there? How does the answer to that question change? Start of camp, start of season, game seven. You know, like, I mean, I I could see that being a position that it, it sort of changes quite a bit. And I'm not just talking about, like, you know, a guy gets banged up, just there's enough talent there 
you kind of feel like you have this thing where you bring in that much talent. Those guys are going to push at some point. But sometimes that serves to push the guys that are on your campus already to step their games up as well. And I, I think that's what we saw from Leggett in the spring is a combination of him stepping up and a combination of him just being healthy and comfortable. Um, there's a hundred different reasons why a guy might not quite be like ready to make that huge impact in the past. With the get, some of it was just, I think he was one of the guys that was just constantly banged up. Like it wasn't, yeah. he didn't have like all the serious injuries some of these guys have had where it's reported on and it's, you know, oh, this guy's out for this. I just think he's one of those guys that had multiple just always oh, banged up. He's out with this, he's out with this. Um, right now, looks comfortable, looks healthy. Um, he'll be fun to watch. I think. Well, and, and last year, I mean, fascinating is a good word, and you can apply this to more than just the wide receiver room. Last year at South Carolina, you had a bunch of guys on offense who had not done it before, and that's why we went into last year going, okay, the past several years, they'll they'll lose a receiver, but there's always this one guy who you're going that that can be the number. He either will be the number one guy or he can, you know, like even Shy Smith that year, it was kind of like. He's shown enough flashes to where he can be the number one guy, but will he? Well, he he did. You know, last year it was, okay, now it has to be Josh Van's turn. And to his credit, he did step up. Well, now you've got some guys that – a lot of guys haven't done it at South Carolina, but they've done it. You know, Juice Wells, smaller level, but he was pretty dominant. Corey Rucker, smaller level, but showed himself to be a really good player. Jaheim Bell has now done it, you know, we saw him in the bowl game. Um, Spencer Rattler has done it. Austin Stogner has done it. You know, the offensive line has lots of experience, and now they have more weapons around them, and they're in year two. And, you know, running back is a position where now you go, they haven't done it yet, but they have some guys, you know, and they got more pieces around them. So I just think there's a lot more experience and, and proven there's not only more depth and talent at a spot like tight end or receiver, but there's guys that now have had that experience at South Carolina or somewhere else. Good experience, meaningful experience. Definitely, man. Uh, everybody wants to talk quarterbacks. I don't know. I don't know that we can give them a whole lot, you know, to just to, to give everybody the complete picture. I mean, we were there. What did it end up being? 20 minutes. Yes, something like that. 2025. But uh, no 11-on-11s yet. I'm hoping maybe we'll get an 11-on-11 at some point. But just watching the guys play against – basically throw passes against air is what we were able to watch. Um, You can watch maybe, you know, some movement ability, how fast does somebody look, ball placement from the quarterback. I'm going to completely read in to something on the QBs. The little bit we saw from Spencer Rattler – I know they've worked at quite a bit on his footwork and just um, playing in a pro-style offense, all the stuff that goes along with that. Um, I I just thought he looked comfortable, balanced, and it felt like the ball placement, the few passes I saw him throw. Again, we are grasping here, y'all. But I want to give y'all something. It just it, It looked to me like he was confident, which he always is, and comfortable, and that the ball was sort of on 
on target, not just from a standpoint of, oh, the receiver caught it, more from the standpoint of ball placement to where, you know, if you're if you you know if you're throwing a ball down the field, throwing it to the outside shoulder to where the safety can't come over and and pick the ball off. The more intricate things um, seem to be on point. I don't know who knows when the eleven on eleven hit. We don't we weren't there. We don't know what it looked like. But what what did you think? Just did you watch the quarterbacks at all? Just in general, like watching them spin it, as they say. Yeah, I did. And, and again, routes on air, but we did get to see a little bit more than throwing, you know, a five yard check down. You know, they did run some longer routes. And so we did get to see a little bit of that. The three, so the way that they split it to kind of visualize, we were on, I guess, the maybe like the east, east side of the uh, indoor facility where it backs up to the four practice fields over there. And so one set of quarterbacks, receivers, tight ends, was on the far side, and so we really couldn't, or I couldn't see any of those guys. They had the they had the quarterback split into two different groups. So the ones that we had, I think it was Spencer Rattler, Jalen Daniels, the walk-on quarterback that the staff's very high on, and Tanner Bailey. There might have been another one, Wes. I think that was it. I think Braden Davis and Luke and Colton must have been on the other side. Um, but those yeah, are the ones – yeah, those are the ones that we saw. So, yeah, I mean, look, Spencer – and I'm kind of mixing – what we saw and heard yesterday during media day and all of our other experiences talking to Spencer, you're right. I mean, a confident guy, like, I think, I think you were the first person to say it. Like he just carries himself like a professional, whether he's on the field, off the field, press conference, media settings, like he's, he's just well put together from that standpoint. And everything that we've heard is that he's done a really good job of, you know, building the trust of his teammates coming in as like an outsider, quote unquote, and has been very impressive. And obviously from a physical talent standpoint, he's really good. So got to see him throw some passes to Austin Stogner. That was the first time we'd seen that. Those guys obviously have a friendship, a familiarity, a rapport. Both of them have been very honest and open about the fact that, you know, Spencer said, yeah, I'm going to be looking for Stogner. Stogner says, Spencer knows I'm there. He's going to be looking for me. So that's uh, certainly a tremendous, you know, potential connection that this staff has. And we got our first look at that today on a few routes. Definitely, man. I, I think, um, man, it, it's 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 just a different conversation than it was last year as far as the targets South Carolina's. You know, the quarterbacks in general, but the targets they're going to have, uh, different conversation. It seems like for – two and a half years, Chris and I were talking about wide receivers and how they're, um, how it was a question. And we were trying to, we were trying to almost be nice about it, but it was just like, man, what are they going to come up with here? And um, this is the most spammed this show has ever been. I do not know why. Um, it, is, uh, it is tremendous. Wait, I, I mean, maybe gaining in popularity. Who knows what? <laughs> I guess so, dude. Maybe, I guess that, at four o'clock on uh hey man four o'clock on Friday the freaks come out on here or something like I don't know I don't know what's going on sorry about that y'all but um I promise I had a train of thought that I was like trying to get to but uh it just vanished out of my head so before we get too late I gotta tell everybody about our friends at Liberty Tax right here in Columbia they can cure your tax anxiety 803-462-5576 of course, tax time is well past, um, but they are still helping you out with any of your tax needs. And actually, 
believe it or not, soon you'll be thinking about taxes for next year. So um, if you own a small business, you need advice, uh, bookkeeping and payroll services for LLCs, S-Corps, C-Corps. If you unfortunately owe money to the IRS, you can meet with their local professionals. They can represent you in settling your debt. And uh, you can use local, possibly even Gamecock fans, not one of those late night 800 numbers. They've got a new Columbia location at 551 St. Andrews Road. They've got a Lexington office by the Dunkin' Donuts. That's at 1123 South Lake Drive. And an Irmo by Kroger at 7467 St. Andrews Road. Again, 803-462-5576. Anywhere in the Columbia area, I'm sure there's a Liberty Tax right there near you. So give them a shout, 803-462-5576. Chris, I'm running out of juice, man. Give me some closing thoughts. Well, I have a thought. I have a a little promotion of my own that I want to inform the people of, Wes. Now, I would say most listeners of GC Live, we think, we hope, we know, are already Gamecock Central subscribers. But if you've happened to wander in, we're glad you're here. We do have a deal now, Wes. Have you seen this? I have. You're going to tell the people about it? It's a good deal. 50% 50% off a subscription. And the cool thing is you can pick if you're like, I don't know about Wes or I don't know about Chris or I don't know about either of them. Not sure, but you want to jump in exclusive access to the insiders forum, which is our premium community on GamecockCentral.com. You can come hang out with us all day, all night on there, answering questions, dropping notes, uh, interacting with fellow Gamecock fans. And you get access to all of our content on GamecockCentral.com. And Wes, there's a lot of it. There's a ton of it. All you have to do is go to GamecockCentral.com. There's a banner at the top to subscribe. 50% off, you can get a monthly um, or you can get an annual. I think the way that the monthly works, Wes, is you get one month at that rate, I believe. I think and that's right. If you get the annual, you get the entire year for half off. So might as well jump in on the annual so you can take advantage of it longer. Wes has just dropped the link right there in the description. So we'd love to have you. Other closing thoughts, Wes. Um, I think our next practice that we get to see is uh, sometime next week, right? Monday. Monday. Um, You know, hopefully we get to see a little bit more as preseason rolls on. I think we get four total practices that we get to check out. Certainly we'll be checking in, you know, just with some of the folks that we talk to who are familiar with the goings on of the program to be, you know, trying to, you know, figure out what's going on. But I do think there's some interesting position battles, and we can dive into this, you know, in a later show. We're going to try to get it on a more regular schedule here soon. But I think will Marshawn Lloyd keep the number one running back position? You know, Christian yes. Bill Smith. Yeah, I, I do. I think so. If if the season started today, he'd be the number one guy. How does the DB rotation shake out, particularly at who's the nickel, who are the corners? We we think that you know the top three are Cam Smith and Darius Rush and Marcellus Dow. Like those guys are going to be on the field, but who's playing nickel? And they're experimenting this preseason. Experimenting is the wrong word. It makes it sound like it's bad. But they're trying some different combinations to try to find the best matchups. And we may see some matchups, you know, in-game situations this year. So just a couple of things that, you know, I'm keeping my eye on that we maybe haven't mentioned today. Yeah, man, so we'll dive into all those. Uh, position battles are always uh, fun to see how it plays out, and there are several, as you said, for South Carolina. As you see right there, I want to welcome the 1801 Venture Club. We're going to be telling you about them um, a, a ton over the not just the next few weeks, but even past that. Uh, go to 1801vc.com to learn more about it because they are the presenting sponsor. 
of the Gamecock Central Kickoff Party at Still Hands Brewing. want to, again, invite everybody out. If you didn't come last year, you missed out. Um, it is a blast. Um, part party, part concert, part just pregame Gamecock football talk. Um, former players will be out there. Maybe some current players. Uh, we're working through that. Obviously, that depends on schedule. But certainly, um, the possibility of some current players from other sports. Um, on the stage, uh, maybe some current coaches. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good time. We have our VIP tickets. I just posted the link in the chat. If you're watching on the video version of the show, go ahead, lock in a spot, hit the VIP section there. And, um, otherwise just come on out for, um, a good time. Um, free concert. If you don't want to go in the VIP section, obviously then you got to pay for your drinks, pay for your food, all that stuff. If you get a VIP ticket, you have several drinks. Uh, that will be given to you for free as part of that, and uh, you'll have your meal taken care of out there as well. So, all right, man, that's all I got. What about you? That's all I got too. Looking forward to uh rest of the preseason, the preseason kickoff party. It's going to be a blast. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us here yep. on Gamecock Central. Thank you all. For Chris, I'm Wes. You all have a great weekend, and uh, we'll probably see you on Monday. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.